Hey everyone, this is Charity Speaks. Uh, welcome to welcome to the show this week. And uh, this week we actually have a very special guest, uh, Mike Malone. He's here to share with us um, what modern brand experiences look like. And um, here to intro him also is my is my colleague Tyler. So Tyler, why don't you um, you know say welcome to Mike? Yeah, um, Mike Malone is a senior marketer who specializes in creative strategy account management and business development. He develops breakthrough promotional campaigns, content and brand experiences that drive higher engagement and grow businesses. He's worked with clients like Pringles, Starbucks, Walmart, Diet Coke, Hasbro, and more. Welcome, Mike. Hey, Mike. Hello, hello, hello. Hope you're doing well today. I am doing just fabulous. Awesome, so I figured we'd jump right into it. Um, yes, do to, it. Yeah, so um, for, you know, for our audience members who may not know that much about brand experiences, um, can you just define that really quickly and just tell us a little bit about what you think brand experiences are? Yeah, that's it's, it's a pretty broad topic. I mean, you can get, you know, most people hear that word, they think of experiential marketing or, you know, event marketing, sponsorship marketing, things like that. But it's really, in my opinion, it's really anytime. There, you know, P&G used to have an, an amazing um, an acronym called FMOT, which is First Moment of Truth. And that was, we we had to weave that into basically everything we did for any of the brands of Procter & Gamble, but it it really defined, you know, to me what a brand experience is, which is anytime you, a consumer, inter interacts with a brand, that's a brand experience. It could be a commercial, it could be an event, um, it could be on, on social media. Um, it's really any, any, any platform where consumers and brands are interacting. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, consumers and brands are kind of interacting in different ways now that, you know, the internet has become such a big part of how we consume media. So I was wondering if you had any specific thoughts on that, like how has the online social space that we're living in now changed the way that we interact with brands? Well, I think brands have to have a story. It's not about just, um, putting a product up there and, and hoping people buy it um, mm -hmm. or coming up with some catchy, you know, taglines or, or things like that. You have to be able to really, um, consumers want to know, you know, what the brand stands for, what their ethos is, what their, what their narrative is, you know, their personality. You, know, you look at brands like, you know, a Red Bull or Apple, you know, they have a very defined kind of brand presence. Um, mm -hmm. You know what you're going to get when you, when you engage with those brands. Um, other brands, you know, really struggle with that. And that's, it's, it's very tough. It's a very tough thing to do is figure out what your, what your brand persona is, but the brand persona has to really live across all touch points. So no matter, you know, where you are, whether it's online or offline, um, you know, you, you, you want to have a consistent voice. You obviously have to tweak it. Obviously digital and social media have made it much more narrative based. So it's really about storytelling and content. So you really have to, you know, tell your brand story through, um, the content you create, whether it's through an influencer or whether it's just through original IP um, or bar IP, as it might be if you're doing a, a partnership with a, a movie studio or a partnership with an artist um, or, uh, you know, sponsoring an NFL team or, you know, whatever it is, um, you have to figure out how that voice lives through social media. But it's also the fact that, you know, it's all very short forming. You, you have about two seconds to grab a consumer nowadays and that's it. So if you don't really wow them or excite them or make them laugh or cry, um, you're, you're not going to really have a chance at, you, you won't get that second chance or it's very rare that you do. So um, I think it's really about the brand is, is, is how, to, how to get that moment across or how to get that message across in a very short time frame, um, which is why social media is a lot of it. it's just images and very short form video. 
it's kind of driving, it's helping them kind of take that conversation, condensing it into kind of the micro for, for consumers. Yeah, that's actually a really interesting point you bring up because I feel like, you know, nowadays there's a lot of talk about, you know, short form media is really like, you know, eye catching. It's really catching people's attention, like Super Bowl ads and such. But at the same time, you know, what you're referencing is also kind of this overarching brand journey, like having that sort of overall like narrative storytelling experience. Like, how do you think those two interplay with each other? Well, yeah, I mean, again, I think it's about, you know, understanding what your voice is as a brand, you know, what do you stand for? And what do you, you know, what's your, what's your jam? You know, if, you, if you're, if you're Red Bull, it's all about, you know, kicking ass and doing crazy stuff. If it's, if it's Apple, it's about, you know, curated, very, um, uh, you know, you're, they, they target creative people. Their whole thing is about creativity. Um, so if you're, if you're running content on the Apple channel, you know, the, the content has to ladder up to that ethos of the brand so you have to be you know talking about creativity or content creation or or you know visual or graphic creation of some kind otherwise you're off brand you know red bull if you look at their social handles it's all people doing you know diving off of cliffs or doing amazing you know skydiving stunts and things like that so their content ladders up to their um to their brand message so um they they really have to work in tandem to each, with each other um if, if you if they don't there's going to be a disconnect and consumers will just back off. Yeah, absolutely. On that topic, sort of what would you say is the defining characteristic of a good brand experience? Um, how, how do you think a good brand experience can really build on that, you know, customer brand relationship? Well, I think it has to, the consumer has to walk away knowing what, what the brand stands for, knowing what their value proposition is, um, knowing what they can get out of it. Um, and also what the brand is doing with them. You know, it's, it's, it's really a two, it's really a two way conversation now. It's, it used to be in the brand world would just send out marketing messages and hope consumers would receive it. Now brands really want to dialogue with the consumer. They want to create you know that kind of uh, relationship with with the consumer. So um, yeah, I just think it's it's just you know it's just really really important to for, you know for the ideal brand experience is it's whatever the brand's objective is. If the brand objective is to leave you with um, like Apple, that it's, you know, well-designed, high-quality, supports creative people, then you, when you go into the Apple store, you have to be able to, you want to walk away with, like, wow, those guys really understood me. Um, the store was really, if you, if you, I mean, Apple is, from their packaging to their stores, everything is very um, well-designed, very mm -hmm. consumer-focused. So when you walk into an Apple store or you go onto their website, it's it's all um those experiences are all consistent and you and so you want the consumer to you know um walk away with a positive impression you want to walk the consumer walk away with um obviously an intent to purchase mm -hmm. um and ideally the ultimate scenario is you want to build a relationship with that consumer so that like for me you know i'm a lo apple loyalist i will never buy a pc if i'm only only if i'm working at a company that has a pc will i mm -hmm. ever use one so um so you want people to kind of not just be brand there's there's different levels of, of there's like brand profits there's brand ambassadors so obviously the goal is to turn consumers into those kind of brand profits so that you're like oh my god you have to buy red bull over you know monster drink because red bull gets into you know extreme sports and you and i both love extreme sports so let's support that brand they're more about my lifestyle than you know monster which might be more about you know music or, or something else so it's 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 giving consumers the understanding that you add value to their life Mm -hmm. in some level the product the service the 
the message, um, what they represent, what they stand for. Yeah, that's actually a really interesting point. It reminded me of, um, you know, on we we had a webinar, um, we had a webinar uh, last week. But essentially, one of the points that one of our speakers, um, Shingi, touched on was that you know brand experiences now are less about feeding a certain you know message to consumers versus you know building on what they already have in their lives, like you know catering to what they care about and like finding them, you know, connecting with them where they are instead of you know like force feeding them essentially like a certain type of narrow messaging. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, you you have to, you have to go on there. It's going to be on their terms. Consumers have much more power today than they've ever had. So if you're going to, if you're going to woo a consumer, you got to do it on their turf. Um, so if you know, if, if your consumer is a, you know, soccer junkie that you have to, you know, I worked on Heineken, Heineken knew their consumer. There's a European brand, their brand, their consumer is very soccer engaged. So mm -hmm. they didn't sponsor the NBA. They sponsored, you know, ML, you know, Major League Soccer because that's where their consumer was. So you have to you have to market on their terms. Um, and again, it's, it's really about creating a a conversation and a dialogue. It's it's got to be two way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you know. Also, I'm I'm curious since you're sort of on that marketing side, and you know, you worked with a lot of big brands. Obviously, have you seen a shift in the way that like these bigger companies think about brand experiences in the past few years? Well, I mean, I think there's been a dramatic shift, you know, um, with, with the internet because the internet has made a lot of brands commodities, you know, unless you really are, if you're, you know, a snack brand, um, there's 50,000 potato chips out there now, you know, Amazon sells probably 400 different brands of, of snacks. So they've, they've democratized, you know, the internet has really democratized, um, you know, uh, the consumer experience and consumer offerings. And so um, you've seen, you know, I think social media was a big part of it, but I think it's just um, there has been just an explosion of, you know, of new products out there. Um, I think the internet allowed that to happen. I think, you know, you're seeing things like the Amazon, but also like, you know, Shopify and Wix and all these things. So, um, there's just so many more products out there. So brands, you know, in the old days, if you, if you were Frito-Lay, you own the market, you, you had 80% market share and no one's going to touch you and you could do whatever you wanted and it didn't really matter. But now if you're Frito-Lay, you got to worry about that that organic chip brand that's buzzing on social media, uh, which is why like, if you look at a brand like LaCroix, um, the, the seltzer brand, you know, mm -hmm. they have zero media dollars, but they have built a billion dollar brand strictly through social media because they create really fun, cool content that consumers love. And all of a sudden, you know, they're competing with, with, you know, with bubbly and some of the Pepsi, you know, skews. So um, I would say, yeah, I would say the last probably 20, 25 years, um, brands have obviously you know some brands have done it way better than others but i think all brands have realized you know they can't just you know do the same as usual and obviously the agency world too i mean you know agency used to focus on when i worked at gray you know it was they everyone hailed the 30 second spot it was the all all you know all being god of average of, com of commercial marketing and you know nowadays these agencies are scrambling because you know what 30 second ads don't do squat um, you know, people DVR them, they, they're, they're cord cutters, um, you know, pick your poison, but mm -hmm. the traditional way of, 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 of reaching these, of reaching consumers has completely shifted. Mm -hmm. Um, and also the demographic too, you have a, you know, the younger demographic, you know, is, um, challenges brands. They, they want, they want, they're making, they want to make brands earn their business. You know, when yeah. I grew up, you know, we went to McDonald's or we went to Burger King. It was really about proximity or, you know, which had the Jones for, but it really wasn't, there wasn't really a lot of choices. 
you know, now there are so many choices and I think the younger generation has been raised on this. And so they're, they're more, so you see, you know, millennials and Gen Z being, you know, more about, you know, what are you doing for me? You know, how, how are you helping me? Cause if you don't, there's 50 other guys out there that will do it. You know, it's like, it's like the car shopping model. It's like, if you go to a car dealership, the second you get pressured by the dealer guy, you're like, eh, I'm walking. And that's, that's how consumers are. They're not going to be pressured. They're not going to be told what to do. And, um, so yeah, I think brands have completely pivoted away from talking at versus talking with. I think, yeah, the online discourse model has really shifted too, because as you said, you know, people are, people have a lot of feedback. They have a lot of thoughts about the way that brands do advertising. And obviously they're going to share that on social media too. So, you know, if you run a bad ad, people are going to really like, you know, hone in on that and sort of even attack you for it. But yeah. So yeah and on top of that, it's, it's, it's also just, um, um, you know, those, those ads aren't working. People aren't, they're not even paying attention to them unless you have like a big celebrity or the ads like really, really different. Um, it's just, it's background noise, you know? Mm -hmm. So you can't rely on that anymore. That's just not, that's just not the way things work. So it's, yeah. I, think it's I think it's, yeah, I think it's the digital thing. And I just think it's, again, I think it's just, you know, um, I think I, I think it's mostly about just a, a function of competition, and that if you you have to you have to play on the you have to go where the consumers are. You don't they're not going to come to you. Absolutely, and you know, finally, I sort of wanted to um, you know touch on touch on a potential example, but I thought the best example would probably be the Super Bowl, actually, because that's sort of a recent thing, and it's such a you know tradition in in America and just in terms of advertising. And I wonder, like, how do you sort of see those trends popping up or, or not popping up in, you know, for example, this year's Super Bowl ads? You mean as far as companies like the, the charity? You mean like the, the pulling out and returning for an intern of? Because I, I didn't, yeah. I didn't see what Pepsi did that. One. At least I don't remember too well because that was already like a month and a half ago. So if you want to, you might have to like, like. No, I just remind general, me. I don't really remember that that campaign. Uh, in general terms of like brand experience, like there were a lot of there were a lot of brands who were running ads with you know big name celebrities. There was you know Cardi B, there's Serena Williams, like you know all these all, all these like big people. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, a lot of people felt a little jaded or disillusioned by just you know them being like you know they're very quirky, fun ads, but at the same time, it's not very you know, like other than the fact that they threw a big name in there that some people might like, like people still have good, goodwill towards those celebrities, but they may not, you know, they don't seem to have that much buy-in into the advertisements themselves. Well, I think there's, there's, a, there's a couple of points. The first point to me to note is that the Super Bowl is really a, an event in of itself. You know, having worked at Gray, we would compete to see who gets a Super Bowl spot, right? A Super Bowl <laughs> spot is not necessarily about, um, you know, a long-term campaign. Super Bowl spots are stunts. They're, they're created in a, in, a, in a vacuum, not really a vacuum, but in a very concise window. They're there to maximize the, the 200 million or a billion eyeballs, mm -hmm. get some buzz on ad age, you know, create some noise in social media for a week, and then they usually disappear. You know, you're not seeing too many brands that are going to extend that too. Um, because of that, that's why when, when you're pitching a piece of creative to your to your boss and say, okay, well, yeah, I like the idea, but wouldn't it be better if we had Cardi B in it? Or wouldn't it be better if we had Ashton mm -hmm. Amila in it? You know, and if you're a brand that can afford those levels of talent, sure, you're going to use them. But my always my philosophy with with using celebrities when it comes to talent, I've, I've worked with, you know, Will Ferrell and Queen Latifah, and, you know, Lauren Conrad. I've worked with a lot of them doing campaigns is that it has to fit. There has to be a real reason why they're in there. They can't just be in there to be in there. You know yeah. what I mean? And so the brands that that do really well, that use celebrities well, are the ones that 
Um, I'm trying to think of an example off the top of my head, and I, I, I really can't. But you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna spend that kind of money to use a celebrity, it really has to have a reason for it. Like I guess the, you know, when they did like when Samsung when it was the, um, it was like a washer dryer brand that did a deal with um, Kristen Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard, who mm-hmm. are parents in real life. They just had a kid. The whole campaign was about like washing clothes and the inundation of of day to day life and chores. And having knowing them not personally that well, but I know about them, is that they don't have tons of nannies and maids. That's just not how they roll. So the ad was really organic. It felt mm-hmm. like, you know, they were really organic in that spot. And so when you do that, it works. If you just throw them in like a Cardi B, it could be anybody. It could be Cardi. It could be, you know, Lady Gaga. It doesn't matter. When it gets to that point, when they're interchangeable and the campaign is interchangeable, that means your campaign's crap. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. If, if any celebrity can do it, then you, your campaign is a piece of crap. So I think a lot of, you know, so I, yeah, the Super Bowl, I think to me is really a very unique animal in marketing. I, I wouldn't really hold it out as a, you know, a bellwether of mm-hmm. anything and anything in marketing outside of just a lot of egos, you know, pushing to say they have a Super Bowl spot. And I, and I, mm-hmm. I guess I've been on the agency side. That's exactly how it is. It's very political. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's really about, you know, getting that bonus or getting that executive creative director credit um, more than, you know, really doing something for your client. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if there's going to be any shift in, you know, the mode of advertising in there, but, you know, perhaps not. <laughs> the Super Bowl is a very traditional, in itself, it is a very traditional model of thing, and it doesn't seem to be going away despite, you know, despite, like, the, you know, even the way that we watch TV is transforming. So, but, yeah, I mean, thank you so much for coming on today. It was oh, my great, pleasure. Great Happy conversation. And, I hope uh, I gave you guys something good to notch on. So, oh, absolutely, a lot of good stuff to to think about, really, um, for you know both us and our audience. Great, so, Very um, cool. yeah, thank you, thank you for everyone who tuned in to watch uh, Charity Speaks uh, this week, and um, you know, thank you for thank you to Mike for being our guest today, and um, I hope everyone has a great rest of your day or week wherever you are. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>